Good afternoon, evening everybody, and happy Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whatever the day or week you're listening. Um, I'm Stephen Walker and we're back with another installment of Homefield Disadvantage. We're going to do something that we've actually never done before. I'm on my way over right now to Garrett Mitchell's house. I know we had to talk about um, the Vols and Vol football and and Bible scripture and stuff like that. So we're kind of going to expand on the ladder. Um, we're going to give you a story that you've probably heard before that you've um, probably been taught the wrong part of the actual story. Um, and we're kind of going to break that down and kind of why we do that. Why we, you know, cushy up these biblical stories to fit a certain narrative. And we're going to deconstruct um, the story of Jonah. And uh, we're, we're kind of thinking this could be a normal thing where we kind of take a passage of scripture, a story that we've been taught before and kind of deconstruct it, de, um, I guess rail it to a point where we can present it in a way that the Bible actually tells us. So we're really excited about this and um, we hope you enjoy it. Um, got some new ads, so please go support those. Please go see what those are about, even if you like them or don't. So, hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this. This is The Deconstruction of Jonah with Garrett Mitchell. All right, so here we are with Garrett. Garrett? Hey, Steven. Hey, Steven. Okay. <laughs> uh, most of you already know Garrett from previous episode. Um, but like I said, we're going into Jonah. Um, and I thought I would start and kind of break down what we were used to teaching or being taught um, the story of Jonah. And we all know it. Jonah and the whale story. It starts off with um, Jonah not really... Um, <clears throat> wanting to go somewhere um he he's told by god to go to tarshish um he doesn't want to do that so he flees from god he goes on this boat um with these sailors and they um a, a great um what do you call it storm yeah a storm overcomes their ship um they draw straws to um or cast lots, excuse me. <laughs> Veggie well, Tales, they the, drew straws. Oh, did they draw straws? <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't ever actually recall seeing Veggie Tales myself. So. Oh, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I guess. But um, that is kind of casting lots. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, and so you know they cast lots. Jonah gets a short end. Um, so they throw him off. He gets swallowed up by a whale. He lives in this whale, and he cries out to the Lord, and the God forgives him and spits him out, and blah blah blah. And so. Um, then he asked him to go to Nineveh. And so, um, Jonah goes and he goes to Nineveh and he preaches the gospel to the Ninevites, right? Is that Mm -hmm. how you say it? Um, and they repent and it's all great and everything's well. And Jonah is this great prophet in biblical literature and we love him so much. Yet, if you actually go and read that, That is not the case. And so what we're kind of going to be focusing on is what actually happens in this story um, and and maybe why we frame it differently than we do. So, Garrett, what is going on here? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess really to kind of to start, um, yeah, I think growing up, you know, like you mentioned, it seems like it's all about a fish. Like that's Mm. all I would have known about um of this story um and so like to read it to sit down and actually read it for the first time especially whenever we did it uh in bible study i don't think you were Mm -mm. doing the bible study with us at that time but um 
But when we did that, it was just so eye-opening to really read Jonah and try to figure out what this act- this story is actually telling us. And I think it has it has so much more to do uh, with other things other than a great it's, big fish. It's honestly like not really about a fish. <laughs> no, it's not a fish. It's not about a fish at all. Like there's there's really there's two sentences that involve this this mm. fish, and that's you know we we sort of frame Jonah uh, with this fish, and like that's like the primary crux of the whole thing and so what that leads to is um you know you 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 end up like especially whenever you you take a look at jonah it becomes so important uh whether or not was the did a fish actually swallow jonah (laughs) or not and like if you don't if you don't think a fish actually swallowed jonah then you don't believe the bible things like that and that's just like not what this story is trying to get at at all Mm. um and so i guess to kick it off um I think it's really important to, um, whenever we we read Hebrew literature, uh, that we try to get a an idea of what the literary style is, uh, and you know, and who's writing it, what's it about. Um, so to try to get a context of what you know, how would a Hebrew be reading this? Um, and so I think that's really important. And so, uh, what what's really interesting? Um, so you start um, chapter one, verse one. It says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, a son of Amittai. And when you when you read that, um, as a Hebrew, you would automatically be clued, you know, uh, clued in as to what this literature is. It's a, you know, you would think reading this, it's like, oh, this is a um, book of a prophet uh, that's going to tell us, you know, what we should be uh, and, you know, how we're doing x y and z wrong and we need to turn back to the lord things like that like you would see uh in obadiah or you would see in amos or any of the other minor prophets um so they what, just, were, what yeah. were the roles of the prophet so jonah was a prophet mm-hmm. what did that entail for him so the prophets were the inter- intercessory uh, people between uh yahweh and the hebrews as well as um, the, you know, the surrounding peoples, um, they spoke on Yahweh's behalf. Mm-hmm. And so their, their role, um, was to, um, I guess to give, give people the word of the Lord. And so whenever it says the word of the Lord came to, to Jonah, that's what, so like, you're like, okay, this is about a prophet. This is about a prophet of God. I need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And so what's different here, uh, versus the other, um, versus the other uh, minor prophets uh, is that whenever you get to the next part, uh, verse 2, he says, Go uh, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach, preach against it uh, because its wick- wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away. So what, what you end up happening and what this transitions to is a narrative story about a prophet, uh, which is unique and stands alone amongst the prophet writings uh that this is a this is a story about a prophet instead of a prophet telling a um the group of peoples hey this is what you need to be this is what god says this is what you need to do um so it immediately doesn't meet your expectations at you know from from line 1 you realize there's something different about this book so mm-hmm. um as we go through this i, I think that's that's really important uh, to realize um, and, and also I think, 
just the the narrative style by itself, and we'll see this as we go through it, is actually a satire. Um, it's it's a standal it's the standalone book in all of scripture that's a satire book, uh, and I say that um, I guess the comparative to that would be like Saturday Night Live, where you take um, you take real characters mm-hmm. like our president, for instance, you take real characters character. and you uh, you do well you would hope that it would be extreme things, you know you make extreme jokes to highlight uh, some truth some truth yeah. Uh, of you know of deeper meaning, and so that's sort of what's happening here. Jonah was a known character. Um, Did he would... have a bad reputation by yeah. the people? Well, so uh, Jonah, the prophet Jonah, uh, comes up in Second Kings, um, and he uh, prophesies to Jeroboam the second, who is a really bad king. It says that he was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he said he basically is like, you know, God's on your side. All you know. All is good, but it's really short. There's really not a whole lot to it. Um, but the prophet Amos will say something totally different to Jeroboam the second, and it's like, you know, God's justice is is against you. And mm. so you have this this prophet Jonah that doesn't seem like he's he's saying good things about a really bad king. Um, and so I guess the the idea uh, or what the Hebrews were looked at this as is like they're automatically like Jonah wasn't that great of a prophet. Um, and he's really only mentioned once in scripture, uh, outside of this book. Um, so I think they would have already been skeptical of what Jonah was going to be. Um, but, um, so yeah, when you start this and you can, if you have that background, then you're already kind of like, what's this going to be like? Yeah. So kind of reading it from, kind of our perspective that we were taught it was kind of like when we read the book of Jonah it's like okay I'm about to hear a story of this heroic deed of this redemption story Mm -hmm. of a man who fled from God but now preached you know the word of God but yet the Israelites and the Hebrews from back then probably read it like okay we kind of know what's about to happen here because he didn't have a good well I don't know if they know what's going to happen necessarily as they're reading it I think they're seeing Jonah and they're becoming skeptical of Mm -hmm. it Oh yeah, um, yeah, and so they're like, we don't know what this is going to be, but so you know, you're kind of being set up that way, uh, and and what's also uh, I think really cool um, is that whenever just verse one it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai, uh, that his name is Dove and his he's son of faithfulness, <laughs> so those are the words that are used there in Hebrew. This 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 came to the, the word of the Lord came to Dove son of faithfulness. <laughs> And so you're being set up. That is very satirical. Yeah, you're well. Right now, you're being set up for it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're being like, oh, this is going to be a story of the faithfulness of a prophet. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to verse three, uh, and it says, "But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish." And you're like, "What? <laughs> this is the this is the prophet of God. Yeah. Um, why is he running away um, and not doing what God asked him to?" Um, and so that's sort of the question that you're you're left with sort of here at the beginning um, is why is he running? Um, why are you running? Yeah. You know that? Huh? Yeah. No. That, that, okay. No. Our, like Forrest our, Gump? Our or? 28 and unders will know. Oh. That. I was thinking of Forrest Gump of no. like running across. Why the are you running? Yeah. No. But uh, take, us, take us through this story then, Garrett, and how uh, how it's different than 
Yeah, so so he he runs from God uh, and heads to Tarshish, and or he he's on his way there, and he ends up getting on this boat uh, with with these pagan sailors. Um, where they worship other gods, and you know, and you mentioned before, there's this storm that breaks out, and um, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and so like each of them offers up to their own god prayers. So it's almost like, you know. It, it, they they start assigning like different gods to different people. Like, go pray to that god. Maybe he's the one that's mad at us, or uh, maybe they're the one uh, that that needs to be appeased. So they start praying to all of these gods, and nothing's happening. And then they go and they they're like, well, go get Jonah, or go get this guy that's down in the boat sleeping, uh, and maybe he can pray to his god. <laughs> and uh, and so the, this transition happens between the sailors uh, and Jonah. Um, it says. Uh, starting in verse 6, it says, The captain went down to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call your God. Maybe maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, uh, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country and from what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew that he was running from the Lord because he had already told them so. Um, so what what just transpires there is that you have uh, these guys are, are freaking out. <laughs> Uh, over this storm that's that that's happening to the you know that's tossing them around and uh, destroying their boat and they're afraid they're gonna die and they cast lots and it falls on Jonah and they're like what what have you done and and you know who do you serve and he says I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord the God of the heaven who made the sea <laughs> and they're yeah. like you're running. Uh. From a god that made the sea, you're a moron. Yeah. That, is, that is satirical. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean that—that's the satire of it, and you know, so and that—and that's you're supposed to laugh at that. Of like, why would you run yeah. from God? Like, we know that you cannot run from God. Um, but and then what's also interesting is that he says this somewhat proud. Um, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, but we also know just by the context of this that he obviously does not fear God because mm. he's not doing what God told him to. Um, for whatever reason, he is running, and we still don't know the reason why he's running. Um, and uh, and so they're like, "What you know? What have you done?" Uh, and whenever they realize what's going on, they try to figure out what. Well, what do we do about it? And he's like, "Well, just toss me into the sea." Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what what went through his mind to, to come up with that. Just as like a sacrifice, like I no, I think he's just so. You know, you're you're left with this question: Why does he not want to go to Nineveh? And so, Nineveh is a really you know just I guess for some contextual ideas, Nineveh is super evil. Um, yeah, they are a horrible people. Uh, the Assyrians, uh, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. And Assyria was known for uh, flaying people alive, uh, and just totally—they were—they were very evil to the Israelites. So the Israelites had a lot of reasons to hate Nineveh. 
and not, you know, not want good for them. Um, so there's the possibility that maybe Jonah is running away because he's afraid that if he goes and preaches to Nineveh, that they're just going to kill him. Yeah. Um, but then you get to this moment and he says, just toss me into the sea. And it's like, yeah. he's obviously not afraid of dying. Yeah. Um, because and you'll, and I you'll think, see that later. And I think, <laughs> and I think here it, it's, it's kind of saying he would rather die for sure than go to Nineveh. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it it's so extreme where he would rather die at sea than be around these people. Yeah. Which is just, the, then be around. this is a prophet of God. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, he's he's running from God, and he'd rather die than go to Nineveh, and uh, uh-huh. and so he just says, "Pick me up and throw me to the sea." And <laughs> and and what's what's interesting is that, like the the sailors are kind of like, "We don't want to do that." Yeah. But like, if that's what you're telling us, we need to do. Then okay. Um, and then well, they they ask they ask God like, "Please don't hold this against us." Yeah. You know. Well, because they had hesitated too. Right. For sure. Yeah. They didn't. They, want they to didn't want to do it. Him. Yeah. They didn't want to kill Jonah and. But instead, Jonah's like, "Yeah, just do it. I'd rather die than have to have to deal with this." Um, and and then once they actually throw him into the water, it says that it calms. Mm. And and it's what these guys do um, is they end up uh, offering sacrifice. So this is in uh, verse sixteen. Uh, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to Him. Um, and so, this sort of section ends with, with the exception of verse seventeen. But um, this, well, this section well, ends with the these pagan men offering yeah. sacrifices to Yahweh. Would the vows part be something similar to being baptized, as far as just committing? Yeah, their lives. To their I, I think that what this is insinuating is that these men committed themselves to Yahweh, mm-hmm. and so just in chapter one, what you see happening is the prophet of God does none of the things that a prophet of God should do. Yeah, uh, and the people that respond to God are these pagan sailors, um, and which is not what you expect Very from satirical. the story. It is it's satire. <laughs> it is it is a hundred percent satire. Where you're, it's it's exaggerating the point to make you realize the prophet of God's not who he needs to be, um, and instead these people that aren't Hebrews are actually the ones that respond to God. Mm. Um, so, and then and then we have the moment of the great fish. <laughs> uh, the then the Lord provided a great fish uh, to swallow Jonah, uh, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And so he goes in, he gets swallowed up by this fish. And while he's in there, uh, he seems to have room and space to, to write out a poem. Um, and really what he does here, um, if you can go through and read it. Um, but, uh, he really just provides a lot of pretty words. Mm. Um, and it's, it's almost like a, a person that knows how to pray. Yeah. Um, but you know, like the I guess the order and structure of prayer. Um, but what you'll find whenever you really go through and look at it is that at no point does Jonah ever repent of yeah. the things that he's done in here. Uh and instead, uh what you see uh in verse eight, instead of ever repenting and admitting his own wrong, uh verse eight he he goes to 
those to, who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace uh, that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. Uh, he's talking to Yahweh. Uh, what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. So he's like, he's pointing at other people and saying, those other evil people that sacrifice to idols, I'm not going to be like them. And uh, and so... It, yeah, it definitely sounds like, like you were saying, just a kind of like a self-righteous prayer mm-hmm. of where the focus is so wrong. I kind of like, or not like, but verse 7, like, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. It's kind of just like, please, please get me out of here. I'm like trying to impress you so you'll spit me out of this fish, which he later on does. So. Yeah, well, and I think, too, um, he he sort of blames God for him being in here as well. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas. This is this is verse three, uh, and the current swirled about me. It's like a, as if God was the reason that he's in this situation. Yeah. He you know it's because he ran away, and uh, exactly. and and so I don't know. He he blames everybody but himself for the situation that he's in. Um, but uh. I, the verse I, 10 yeah go ahead yeah well i'll just say i i, I kind of like the little add-in of just god's power as he just commanded the fish mm-hmm. just like commanded yeah. and it vomited jonah into dry land I just, I just really like that well yeah so i think that's a good point the only the only character in all of chapter one and two that doesn't obey god is no is, is wow. jonah <laughs> <laughs> that so like, is satirical so everybody else every every other character in chapters 1 and 2 wow. obeys God other than Jonah um, and but still God takes him to Nineveh and that's what it's and, and this is very like graphic language here uh, in verse 10 and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah eh? on the ground so like you just have felt. like this stinking uh, <laughs> nasty Jonah going to Nineveh was it like more runny or chunky <laughs> I I imagine it being somewhat chunky yeah uh, and he kind of has stuff <laughs> stuck on his face oh. kind of thing uh, and he's just like dripping oh um, that's nasty so that that's what I see but like it's very graphic um, <laughs> but so like yeah it, he gets vomited up uh, as a stinking nasty Jonah uh, <laughs> going to Nineveh and so he he actually finally goes to Nineveh um and it says the the word of the Lord came came to him a second time and go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it the message I gave you. Uh, and it says that he he actually goes to Nineveh uh, and uh, he he finally prophesies to Nineveh and he says that he proclaimed forty days and Nineveh will be overturned. That's all he says. I think it translates from Hebrew like a five word sermon. It's a five word sermon. So he makes all this effort yeah. uh for God to very do hard. to do to do the things that God asked him to. He gives him five words and he says it in 40 days Nineveh will be overturned. And so, you know, he doesn't tell them what they did. He doesn't tell them what their sin is. How do they respond? Uh he doesn't even tell them about Yahweh. Yeah. Uh, which is his whole point and his whole purpose as a prophet was yeah. to lead people to Yahweh. Uh, and he doesn't do any of that. Um, it also shows just how God, 
Like, God is not conformed by who we are. As it goes on to say that the Ninevites believed God, mm-hmm. and a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sack. And even the king of Nineveh just immediately rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's just crazy. Like, the, the way the Lord just worked in Nineveh, regardless of what Noah said. Yeah. And even the cows. The cows <laughs> The repent. cows! The cows repent. Uh, <laughs> so it's like everybody repents. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, somebody, uh, you know, Chris getting up uh, to give a sermon on Sunday morning. He says five words, sits down, the whole church comes forward. Yeah. You know, like that's that, sort that, of what happened. We'd like, all be looking around like, what, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah, so like that's what, that's, again, this is satire. And so like the people that you don't expect to respond to God at all are like tearing their clothes, doing things that prophets of God should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually repent uh, from the highest to the lowest. Everyone in Nineveh repents. Uh it's crazy. This is a whole city. Mm-hmm. An entire city. Yeah. So and, and it was the greatest city of the time. Mm. So that was like the the pinnacle of Wow. Of all you know, like the Assyrian Empire was the greatest empire at that time. Uh, the most powerful empire, which is why uh Israel had and uh Judah had a lot of issues with them. <laughs> um but it says that whenever God saw what they did uh, and how how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had he had threatened. Um, mm. And so, a lot of times, I think that's where we end. Yeah. That's where we end this story. Um, and but and again, just to recap, we've seen every single character, other than Jonah, has responded to God in this story. And, and you kind of see it in the same two ways, too. Like, even the animals mm-hmm. respond to God, and yet Jonah does not. His representative, the person that is the Hebrew, uh, doesn't respond to God. And so we're still left with a question of why did Jonah not want to go to Nineveh? Hmm. Uh, we know it wasn't because he was afraid that he would die, because he was perfectly happy to die. Hmm. Um, and so... We, we're still left with that question in chapter 4. Um, and so what happens at the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1, it says, But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Uh, he prayed to the Lord, Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That 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 is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And so he's like, I the reason that I was running was because I knew you would forgive these people. Hmm. And, you know, he he's angry at God about it. He's angry that he is forgiving these people that are so evil um, whenever they've turned. And so, you know, and then the Lord asked him, like, okay, you know, what have, what's your reason for being angry? Why, you know, why do you have a right to be angry? Uh, and it, it's really just like Jonah is like a child. He yeah. just, just like kind of stomps out of the room, slams the door. 
Uh, and it says he went out and sat down um, in a place east of the city. There he made uh, made himself a shelter, uh, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. He's just still like hoping, please let them turn back to their evil ways so that he can destroy them. Uh, I would love that. Please. Um, and so he just kind of goes out and sits there, and it gets real hot. Um, and there's this vine that grows up that God provides for him uh, to cover him. Uh, and so he gives him this, something that he didn't make by his hand, um, but he, he does it to, you know, to comfort Jonah. Uh, and then he also provides a worm uh, that destroys this, this vine that he didn't have before eh. that was provided by God, and then God destroys it. And and then he is still really pissed off about that. It says that uh, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, uh, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Again, this is the second time. He's repeating it over and over again. He's like, I just want to die. Please leave me alone. Uh, but God said again, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? And he says, I do. I am angry enough to die. Again, that's the third time he said die in this one chapter that he wants to die. Uh, and then the Lord says, this is the very end of the book of Jonah. You have been concerned about the vine, though you did not tend to it, nor did you make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Mm. And then the book of Jonah just abruptly ends. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so so there's no resolution to Jonah um, as to what what is Jonah's response. It's left to you. And so what... What the story is doing um, is that, you know, we're kind of left laughing at Jonah of being like, Jonah, why are you so stupid? Why don't you pay attention to God? Why don't you do what God why says? Are why, are you the, why are you the only one that's not listening to God? Yeah. And the story leaves it open, and it's almost like you get to the end of this, and then the author is just sort of winking at you and being like, who, yeah. do, you, who do you think this is really about? <laughs> you think this is about Jonah? Or do you think this is about you? Hmm. And so we're left with the question of, are you okay with the fact that God loves your enemy just as much as he loves hmm. you? And are you also okay with the fact that God wants to forgive your enemies and those that do wrong to you? He wants to forgive them and show them grace just like he's shown you. And are you going to be okay with that? Or are you going to be like Jonah and you're going to be angry about it and not want it, and to the extent where you don't even want to present it to them. Yeah. And like he says, a a four word or five word sermon in Hebrew, you know, and they, you know, God turns it on his head, yeah. and he still fulfills the prophecy that Jonah gives. It, they overturn their hearts, as opposed to the city being over. Like the whole city overturns its own heart, and and moves towards Yahweh. But the question that we're left with is if you if God forgives your enemy, are you gonna be okay with that? And, you know, how do you respond to that? How do you view, you know, um God's forgiveness of other people? Yeah, I I think it also shows kind of the ugliness of when we do have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think oftentimes we write it off as, well, this is justice. Like I need, they need justice for the wrongs that they've shown me. And yet we see here what that looks like. And we see here, especially what people of God, that's what it looks like whenever we do um, have these feelings and anger that Jonah has now. It shows us that this this is ugly and it's really it's really just not right. And, and not only does it show a bad light of Jonah, it kind of shows a bad light of God in a sense of Jonah's follower of God. He doesn't even do it. Like what does that say about God that, that Jonah is serving him but yet doesn't want forgiveness for his enemies? Mm-hmm. And so, not that it is a bad light on God, but it, it can lead to that, is, is what I'm getting at. Here. Yeah, and, and even still, with his misrepresentation, <laughs> yeah, um, God turns it for good. Um, it's not to say that we should be like Jonah and like don't worry <laughs> about it, but at the same time, I do think that um, it, it's interesting to me that even despite how bad Jonah is as a prophet, God uses him for his good. Mm. Um, and... And turns the things that he intends for evil, he turns them into good. Um, and so God is just the same way with us. I think whenever we jack things up, um, that although that's not the way that he intended for it to be, he can still use it uh, for the for the good of others. Um, so I think that's what he does here, and you know, um, uses uses Jonah despite his disobedience. Uh, to bring the about the obedience of other people. Very satirical. It is very satirical. <laughs> so, so we just read and we went over and we kind of decompressed it. Why, why don't we just kind of forget about chapter four? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't really know why. You know why we leave it out. Um, you know I don't know that it's on purpose. Um, but I think. Um, you know, honestly, until we read it in Bible study, I never, I couldn't think of a time anybody ever actually re- sat down and read chapter, read the book of Jonah in a way that you wanted to learn from it. Yeah. And, you know, instead you get Veggie Tales or you get, uh, you, the, it's, <laughs> all, it's always regurgitated by someone else yeah. of what this story is and nobody ever <clears throat> just goes down and reads it for themselves. And um, whenever you do that, I think you... You get a totally different message out yeah. of it, and and that's and that's true for for any book of the Bible. Um, that you know, I don't, I don't know that we're really sitting down and reading scripture the way that we we ought to be. You know, instead we rely on other people to tell us what that scripture is. And so, you know, what I'm hoping, you know, from this is that you know people will be like, oh, I didn't realize that that was what the book, the story of Jonah, was about, um, and. You go read Jonah for yourself and see what see what's here. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was I was twenty one. I'm twenty two now. When I figured out that this wasn't the story that I was been told, and it's like twenty one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's got the same effect in our yak group or yak ministry, young adult and college ministry for all you non listeners. Um, it's kind of that same effect, and they've read it. It's like we were not taught this. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just important to, like you said, just go back and read it and yeah, and, and I think, read into it. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get caught up on, well, was it the fish? Uh, yeah. What do you was think? Was it Jonah, a whale? Was it a blue whale? Was yeah, it a beluga? Did, did Jonah <laughs> actually get eaten by a fish or not? And, yeah. And that's not at all what this story is challenging you mm-hmm. with. And whether or not it's real doesn't really matter. Right. Um, 
you know, it, it's certainly within the realm of God's power um, to have a, a fish swallow someone uh, and spit them up in Nineveh, whatever. Um, but I don't think it's at all imperative to the story and the lesson that we're supposed to learn out of this, which is love your enemies. And God loves your enemies just as much as he loves you. Mm-hmm. And he wants for them, you know, he, he wants... He wants them to abide with him as well. And they may be really evil right now, but maybe there's a chance for them. And that's what he's, you know, I think that's what is, um, it's being challenged to us right now. I mean, think of, think of the person like, or the group of people that you hate the most. Um, and that's who these Assyrians are. Yeah. Um, they are, I mean, the Assyrians were really bad people. Yeah. Um, and so that's why they're used. Uh, in this story, and so, I mean, I like I've even, you know, you, you even go to the thoughts of like Nazi Germany people. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Wow. Like, like the yeah. God wanted to extend His grace to those people, um, despite what they were doing to the Jews, or despite what they were doing to people, to other folks. Which is crazy. Yeah, but that's, and it, but that like putting that in context and right. in perspective, like we don't know the Assyrians, but we know the the awfulness of the Nazi party and it's mm-hmm. like are you willing to you know are you willing to let God or not let God are you willing to see God show them grace right and it's like wow that, or or you know whenever the KKK of, or, or the, whenever whenever yeah. a group of people walks Christians out and chops their heads off yeah those people the, wow. God yeah. God wants grace he wants to extend his grace to those people too and so um, you know it's it's really easy to look at this and I think uh, and, and look at it and be like, oh, well, why isn't Jonah, you know, why doesn't he want to extend his grace to those people? But there's a lot of people that we could re- we could relate to. Yeah, for um, sure. That it would be really hard for us to extend grace to them. Um, and so it's sort of, it, it it's most definitely a challenge to you as to how do you treat your enemies? Yeah. And how do you treat those that God loves that maybe you have a really hard time accepting? I I, I kind of see and correct me if wrong. I kind of see God's character here going off that of that He is a God for everyone. I think sometimes that we think, well, you know, the Lord that we know in Jesus today is just for those who uh, you know go to church every Sunday or go to church every Wednesday and and say they're Christians on their you know social media profiles. And and it and back then when in Jesus' time it was an issue that you know some of the Jews thought that salvation was only for them. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, reconciliation or anything like that with, with the Lord was only for them. And I remember we've been studying John and how um, he goes to Nicodemus, right, The and and he comes to him at night and mm-hmm. he says that, you know, the, the you know, the the kingdom of heaven is for everyone. I'm just paraphrasing, of course. And, and Nicodemus, as a Jew, they've always been taught that it's it's only for the Jews. Mm-hmm. And so... I I kind of see God's character here as, you know, this is this is a God for everyone and not just a specific sect of people, mm-hmm. and I, I and I think that's comforting. Cause, yeah, because I, I, I don't mean, know which side I'm on. <laughs> well, well, I, I think um, for sure, as a Hebrew reading this, you think that you are, and 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 they are they're God selected people, yeah. um, but the the goal was always from Abraham to bless all peoples, right. Through his descendants, and so um, this is this would be God's people blessing those like Jonah. If Jonah does what 
Well, even even the fact that Jonah doesn't do what God says here, um, the idea is that even though he doesn't want to, um, other the the rest of the nations are blessed by God's people and blessed by His prophet. Um, you know, one thing I didn't mention too is that um, what is intended here uh, in the original writing is that Jonah is sort of the representative of the Israelites as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and how they're going to treat the Assyrians as a as a whole body of people, and especially whenever um, uh, that you you had two different kingdoms at that time, um, and the Assyrians were actually the ones that ransacked Israel, uh, yeah. which is the northern kingdom. Um, so they were already in servitude to them, um, and so. But anyways, that it's a it's a question of how are they going to respond as a whole group of people. Yeah. To the Assyrians who are super evil. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's like so, it's, yeah. it's a story of forgiving your enemies, loving your enemies in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which is something that people would be, well, what? Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, sim, it, it's a, it, it is a story that shows that what Jesus was telling them of love your enemies wasn't a new teaching at all. Right. Uh, it was it was something that was already built in the Old Testament. Jesus is just making it fi- making it clear to them, like, "Hey guys, this is what Yahweh wants from you." Um, and you know, so so Jesus isn't giving a new teaching; he's actually you know repeating old teachings, yeah, um, and reminding them of of who Yahweh is and how he how he loves humanity and wants to save all of humanity. So that's from. Page yeah. one or two, <laughs> which we could go into and yeah. it's been a long time. Long. Yeah, but so yeah, that's the, that's the story of Jonah. I hope that um, that really kind of uh, triggers people to to try to take a harder look at it and um, and see see maybe what some things that they're missing um, with it, and then also you know just have some confidence that whenever you read Jonah or read any other any Old Testament scripture that. Like, don't be afraid to read it. Don't, um, you know, there, there's resources out there for you to help you with it. Uh, one thing that I use, and I didn't mention this last time, is the Bible Project stuff. That's I've got one of their posters sitting out right here. Yeah, I've got one of their posters that really helps me go through uh, all the chapters of Jonah and see how it's laid out. Um, and they do it for every, they've got one for every book every of the book. Bible. Um, to kind of help you help guide you along as to what the big picture is, and uh, I think they just do a really good job yeah. and have have triggered me um, to dive deeper into scripture, and that's I think that's what's really important here is that we don't just use these things, but we use these tools to help us go into scripture right. and dive deeper into it, um, so that we have better context. So yeah, so BibleProject.com. I'll, I'll uh. I'll get a couple buck or two for that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if uh, if Tim or John hears this, Wants I hope to... they give me a call. That'd be great. I'd, no. I would fangirl over you. It. Would you would go huh? to those guys and said, "Stay huh? with me." That's cool. Yeah, I would. I would fangirl over that for sure. Okay, whatever. So, Bibleproject.com. Sure. <laughs> well, after that plug is over, um, thank you, Garrett. Thank you yeah. uh, for that. And hey, guys, thank you so much for living. If you have any more questions about this. Go read your Bible. <laughs> Go read your Bible. That's or, probably the best bet. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably where we find the solution. Yeah, or I'm in. You know, I love to talk about it. So okay, if you know me, talk to me.
Thanks, guys. Um, as always, share this with your friends or your family um, and maybe test their knowledge of the story of Jonah. Yeah. And call them a hypocrite whenever. <laughs> right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Well, yeah. But so, so this is... The, what's interesting, like, I don't, I don't want it to be something like, oh, how could you people not know... Because like this is something. Because we didn't really know either. That's right. I've learned this over the last two years myself and yeah. realized how much of a hypocrite I was about yeah. it. Yeah. And so you know. Yeah. Please if, don't think we're experts. No, 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 no. We're not. And you know, but we're we are trying to dive into the scripture yeah. and you know and make be more familiar with it and know it. Um, you know, I think one thing that both me and you have talked about is that. Like we 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 say that this is God's inspired word and this is what we really believe, but you know we say that, but then we don't actually we don't go read, read it. it. Yeah. And so, then the question is: Is do we really believe it's God's inspired word, and mm. we're, are we treating mm. it that way? So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. So I just want to encourage that. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening. I uh, hope y'all enjoy. And like I said, if you need any information, read your Bible, or you can contact us too. So, see y'all later. Say bye, Gary. Bye.